Good morning to the audience of Mindwalk. Thank you for coming back. This is Jean Rue, your show host, together with MP Stradom. And today we invite back a seasoned podcaster, Johan Rickert. Johan, today uh, you're coming back on a series in the podcast with episode number four. Johan, give us the heading of episode number four and also tell us the background of the build-up of the other episodes to podcast number four. Welcome, Johan. Hi, good morning, John, and good morning to all our listeners. Yes, we are now in number four of the series, and today we are focusing on our financial integration code, the what it is and how it works and what it does for us, obviously. But today we basically have a dual purpose because we have to revise to a large extent you know, that how we use it and then obviously how it works through all the other systems. And it will also demonstrate how the features of the MinRP platform comes together with the ERPs or the financial forecasting applications and as well as MinRP Work Manager. Tell us how we got here. Just for the audience, just remind us of the build up to podcast number four. Well, we obviously started off by the dynamic business planning capability, which is what we are now capable of doing in business planning because MinRP enables the financial forecasting applications by doing this detailed activity-based mining schedule. And then we did the second podcast, number two, was go into more detail on the mechanics on how that financial forecast can work and how one will then calculate a costing with references to each activity and its standard operating procedures and especially the bill of resources required for that activity. In the third podcast, we started talking about financial accounting and control and that the way we now can do it and how we suggest it should be done, it really becomes an integral part of the short interval control so that what really happens on the ground are accounted for in real time and that we have a one-to-one match between work done and cost incurred. I see. Johan, so let's dive into the financial integration code discussion of podcast number four. Just give us a background again of the the triplet that MinRP uses, which is not a word used out there in the industry. The industry talks about digital twins, but MinRP talks about the digital triplet. In actual fact, all your podcasts up to now talks about the third child of the triplet. Just give us a quick rundown of those three again, the way you see it. Okay, number one of the three is the physical asset out there. That is what we found there when we started drilling. It is as nature has given to us, as well as the other physical assets that we have available to us. The second member of the triplet is then turning all of that information into MinRP into a geological database and applying the signs of mining to it, making mine plans, turning that into integrated schedules for mining and planning the total mining activity that takes place within that reserve and ore body. Then thirdly is the financial part of it. So as we plan the mine on the long term or short term, we need to know the financial part of that plan, what the impact is on the plan if the 
well, what the impact is on the financial side if the mine plan changes. So those things must live together. But also on the short term, when we start executing, we must be able to do a short-term costing to help us with our cost variance analysis, as well as doing the accounting for the activities at the same time as the activity takes place on the ground. So there are two things. One is to get to the accounting in near real time, yeah. but doing a comparison so that I know what piece of work cost me how much money. Mm. Okay. And then one of the requirements for this triplet to functional if function effectively and efficiently especially with regards to financial cost and variance analysis, are a uniform coding system that will be operational and must be living and must be alive and well in both the mine RP and mine RP's work manager environments, but also in the financial forecasting application and in the ERP system. And Johan, this is not a pipe dream for mining. You told us how you have personally as a, a CFO worked in other industries where this was pretty much the order of the day, this uh, near real-time integration of financial information. Oh, yes, absolutely. We can just imagine if Vodacom didn't do real-time accounting for what we owe them, what a mess it would have been at Monday. Yeah. But that's a completely different industry. Yes, there's horses for courses, but the principles can be achieved, and yes, we've done it. Okay, so uh, let's dive into today's podcast. Tell us, how does this financial integration code work and what do we do with it? John, it starts again with uh, the unique capabilities of MineRP that actually breaks down the entire mine plan into a schedule of activities. Mm -hmm. And let me just say, an activity is a unit of work. And we will be talking about defining this unit of work in, and an activity in our next podcast. But not only does it break it down like that, MineRP tells us what that piece of work is, when must it take place, where must it take place, as well as what is the standard operating procedure on how it should be done, and then a bill of resources, i.e. how many resources are we going to have to consume in order to actually do this. So with this knowledge, MineRP effectively concatenates a financial integration code for every activity. Ah. Now, the financial integration code is obviously dynamic and would look different for different mining methods. Okay. And uniquenesses of clients may also cause it to look slightly different. Okay. So it could be expanded and contracted, but in its score, it conveys at least the following. Okay. One is the Orc code that people are familiar with that normally lives in ERPs and would be uh, just a standard code that will be added so that we can consolidate across the board. Mm -hmm. It will include the workplace name, the code for the workplace name. Yeah. Also will give the workplace address, okay, in the form of a WBS, which most mines already have in operation, so that you've mm -hmm. got that identity what is the workplace? Where is the workplace? And mm -hmm. then we add the GUIT as well from the three-dimensional address that lives in MineRP. Mm -hmm. It names the activity or the activity code goes there. And it then adds the dimensions and conditions code. 
-hmm. Now, those two are very important because together defines the specific variant of the bill of resources that needs to be used for that calculation. Okay. You'd find on long-term forecasts that we don't necessarily have too much detail about condition variables. So it would be a, a standard uh, bill of resources. But going closer to interval control, short-term planning and execution, we may find that we have to use different variants because of roof conditions or ground conditions or rock mechanics or whatever the case may be. That is where it is born. Then in the financial forecasting application, effectively where we do the costing for every activity, this financial integration code is used as a cost code. And as a very granular or fine granular cost code, it obviously rolls up into processes, stocking points, cost centers, value trees, summaries, as well as into cost of sales. In work manager, which also works based on the activities, also carry the same financial integration code, but the unique connection between the work manager and ERP environments, as well as the ERP takes place here, where it gets linked to the job card, because we're going to open a job card in the ERP, so what we do is we exchange that job card number so that work manager carries the financial integration code and a specific job card for it. If we go to the ERP, where it is also used as a cost code, there again, the job card number is intrinsic to the ERP, but we attach to that the financial integration code so that we've got this all over the system and can identify the same activity on the same manner in all these subsystems. So, Johan, therefore we then create a one-to-one -one relationship between the two twins, the last two twins of the triplet, right? Well, in fact, we create a one-to-one-to-one -to -one -to -one relationship because <laughs> the activities is also in the physical environment. But yes, in the number two and three, where we start getting digital and running between those systems, that is then really where this is used and where it becomes very useful for the purposes that we use it for especially in the business planning and in execution planning. Johan, um, the, the issue of granularity then is very important. The design of the level of granularity which the organization can handle. That's right. There's again here, we're talking about the financial integration code, but the important thing is the things it codes, you know, because we've got planning in an activity level of granularity. Mm -hmm. Our costing and our budgeting is in the activity level of granularity. And our execution and our accounting is again in that activity level of granularity. And what we now just doing is to apply a universal standard of cost code to all these activities that lives in all the various applications so that we can track it and we can use it effectively. Johan, in the next podcast, I think we must bring Okert van Skalkweg up. He is the person, we've already spoken a few times with him, what is key here for integrating into the ERPs are the master data synchronization between the two systems. And that is the key what will make all of this work. But I think let's bring him up together with you next. So, Johan, let us steer towards the end of the podcast. You've told us in more detail about the financial integration code. Tell us about the outcomes 
that you can achieve when you do all of this? Effectively, through the coding system, especially when it gets digital that we need, we can now track an activity and its status uh, from the day that it is born in the plan, in the mining plan, up to finally having been executed and done and finally costed. And we can reconcile between what activities were planned and then eventually what activities actually took place. And then the second outcome is that we can now do variance analysis and the management of variances on the costing side, not only of the cost of the activity, but also how it affected us when different activities or different mixes of activities takes place in a specific month compared to what was budgeted or forecasted for. I see. As an example, what? I can maybe just say that, just to make it practical, we let's say we have planned to do 200 panels in a specific month at a specific cost, but we only perform 180. Then obviously the 20 panels that we haven't done must be a saving because of the mix. Mm. But we still want to go to the 180 that were actually executed and compare them exclusively to their cost that we planned for those and break that down mm -hmm. between price and volume variances and also what overheads we had, which were then actually not utilized because we have underperformed on the number of activities that we've done. Mm -hmm. And that's become a very powerful because the way we now do it and with the, the universal coding system through it, this can be highly automated. Mm -hmm. Just like we discussed previously, about job cards that needs to be automated. This is a function in the reporting side that can be highly automated as well, and then happen in near real time. Yeah, Johan, maybe at the future podcast, you must tell us what does a financial organization in a mind look like once they've implemented this? You know, what are the core capabilities that should be there? You know, should it be structured differently, et cetera? So I think there's a there's a, a good topic there, which we maybe can also uh, ask our partner Deloitte to comment on. Johan, that brings yeah, us to the end of this podcast. What are you doing for us in podcast five? As I said, we will be looking a little bit more deeper into this word activities. What is activity? How do we derive down to those activities? And then a little bit of a way that we can define an activity as well as a little method that I've used for myself to do it and that's not prescriptive but it's a guideline and we can share that at the next podcast thank you Yuan, and uh, thank you to our listeners for diving into this and if you want to contact us uh, the podcast uh, notes Yuan details will be there thank you very much and goodbye goodbye